this, that actually reminds me of a story from uh, fucking college. Uh, I one time, so my professor, professor is really strict about like what the project uh, names need to be. Okay. So, so uh, I had finished, finished a project. I was trying to rename it, and this is like literally like ten minutes before. <laughs> like it was it's one of those projects where like it was due like at the end of class so uh so yeah it's like 10 minutes before it's due i'm trying to rename it and you everyone knows how to rename a file you literally right click hit rename and it should do it but for some fucking reason it wouldn't do it and it and again like 10 minutes is going by like okay what the fuck i even called him in here like yo like this shit's going on I even showed him, like it wouldn't work. He's like, "Oh, well, you better figure it out. You better like get it wow. na- named, or else." Just catch like, his wristwatch. Like, That's so funny. <laughs> wow, so, it's so, like, like cartoonishly unfair. It God. really is. Like, I part of me thinks he was joking, but like he like never just he was just so serious the whole time, mm. and like so eventually, again. Uh, I get it handed in uh, like one minute. Uh, like somehow I got it renamed like uh, one minute or like 30 seconds before. Or not like 30 seconds. It was like right on time when it was supposed to be handed in. And uh, I, I guess he like, oh, how'd it go again? Because apparently like I handed in. Oh, no, I remember now. Sorry. I handed in late uh, because of this renaming issue. Uh Talk, went to him, talked to him, didn't really get t- too far. Uh, week goes by, he comes back to me and is like, oh, you actually like handed it in like 12 seconds, like at 12 o'clock, like on the dot, like 12 zero 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 zero, according to him. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know. Either, either I'm a god or you're just like letting me off the hook because of this shit. Giving you, giving you a pity pass. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny, it man. It's a cartoonishly funny. <laughs> Taps his wristwatch. That is that is literally like something, even a show that'd be kind of that'd be ridiculous seeing a TV show. Very yeah, office space I'm... of like, yeah, you're gonna have to get that report in. It's like I can't, like it's it's it's, it's I look you see the problem. Yeah, yeah, I see it, but we really need that report. Uh, you're gonna just remember we're using the new cover page. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's Balcony Banter. We're back. How's it going, you guys? Welcome back to episode 14. We are here this week with Digery Stew, and we got Dougie here as well. Got a nice double feature. It's nice to be back, guys. Got the double Ds. Hell yeah. I don't know what that is. Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess I know what that is, but... <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like quadruple bees, actually. Big B bees, balcony banter. <laughs> There's so many levels, guys. You don't understand. A lot of letters. A lot of, a lot of letters. <laughs> you get it's like a dictionary of them, even. <laughs> oh, man. How are you guys doing here tonight? Stu. All right. Well, doing pretty great. Um, I am sitting here. Uh, I was like messing around on Steam as we were talking before this, and I'm, I'm sitting here and looking at my wish list. I'm just staring at Football Manager 2021, <laughs> 20% off, and just like just thinking about it. And I'm going like, new version of Dwarf Fortress just released today. I really shouldn't. 
also get football manager. But, but it's, it's tempting. It's just it's the highest rated football manager in like seven years. It's really Ooh. good. It has a fantastic fake Twitter in the game. I, I'm torn. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Is it what's it named? I think it is just Twitter. Oh, cool. But like it's that. all like faked people. So it'd be like fake people talking about how shit you have been as a manager of your team. Wow. Okay, so a football manager game? Yep. Never heard of this, honestly. Or oh. a game like this. Wow. That's quite a feature to have in your game. You can get fucking roasted on Twitter. By the NPCs. Yeah. Like in previous games. So like football manager is pretty much like ultimate spreadsheet game. Um, the, the game's database is just, I believe, in a massive like Excel spreadsheet. Um, and you're, you're just like you are the manager of a football club. So you control pretty much everything about the club, including like, hey, who your coaches are, what your players are, what like you, you set like based on how much money your club has. You like you try to set your transfer targets and like how much you're going to pay for for trades under like your current league's laws and like the and the transfer window. It's it's a lot of like going, hmm. So this kid who's like a rookie who's like I could bring him onto my youth team. He's got like really he's got really good stats and my my one good scout says he's going to be excellent in five years. So I could bring him on, but he's got like he's a bit of a shit. Like anytime that I have a game with him, he's constantly like <laughs> taught, like he's constantly like butting heads with the coaches. Like he's constantly at like low morale. So I really? can take this, yeah, it's it's there's there's so much crap happening in a football manager game. Um, and like you're constantly managing like when when you're the manager, you're mostly managing stuff like, oh hey, uh, this person got injured. Do we want to send to send them to physio? Give them time off? Do you want to like? Give him like a quick adrenaline shot and throw them back on the field. Like, really? Wow. Yeah, it's got a lot. It's got a. It's got a. It it is by far like the best of the football management sims out there. Like way way better than like the the FIFA uh, manager that they have bundled in with their games. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. But it's definitely a game for crazy people. Uh, like <laughs> yeah, it, it's the most simulationy. I guess that does sound like a pretty niche uh, interest, like football managing. Like you don't play the games at all; you just literally manage the teams. The only th so the so you can watch the games, and the the games engine will kind of like run you like the games usually last between five and ten minutes, and it basically will show you like like the kind of the 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 hottest moments of the game. Right, it's basically all just simulating it and not really dealing with much of like player physics or anything. So it'll kind of be simulating and then it'll kind of cut to the action where you can see like the pretty bad 3D models like running down the field and then they make their big play. Um, okay. But you you don't actually control anything there. The most you can do is like call for a substitution or tell everyone that they're doing a good job or are shit or should buck up for the second half. So hmm. there's your football manager minute. Huh, that's interesting. <laughs> Dwarf Fortress update though. Oh yeah. Oh, dwarf no longer. Dwarf, let me tell you, Big B. You know what dwarf <laughs> no longer do? Oh, what's this? They no longer uh, get so many bad thoughts about being outside once they're used to being outside, which is very lucrative <laughs> for a man like me who keeps his dwarves outside. Because dwarves previously would be like, "Hey, we like living underground." 
hey, I hate getting rained on. Hey, the sun's too bright. Yep, every time. And like, even if their job is to go cut wood, and every day they go outside and cut wood, every day they have the same thought. They never get used to it. Yep. Oh, okay. And, and in the game, um, the dwarves, they'll, they'll kind of like, like a lot of their short-term thoughts, depending on how how striking it is to that particular dwarf will turn into a long-term thought. So like all of your carpenters can have long-term thoughts about how shit the weather is. And, and that will just make them progress. Yep. And it would just get worse and worse. And then like, you might just be sending it, you might just be like selecting a bunch of trees to be cut. And then you'll just get a notice that like, oh yeah, bone wreck your, your, your top tier metal worker has died. And you'll go, what the hell? What the and you fuck? check the logs and that carpenter you just sent outside for the fifth time in three days. Sit outside and just went, I've had enough. And he snaps. Damn. And like runs over to your metal worker and like, beats him to death and then goes crazy and breaks him up to a bunch of workshops and then he, and then he, calm, then he yeah and then he calms down and he calms down and then you're like what what am i gonna do with you bud yeah fire him <laughs> you can't keep doing this yeah oh and and until the, i don't know how this update handles it but those bad thoughts will stay They'll get a temporary mood boost from having gone on a tantrum or having like socially fought someone. Sometimes they'll get a mood boost from like actually killing another dwarf or like, a <laughs> committing a fucking a rampage. Yeah, they they they'll feel good after the rampage. Oh wow! Like great catharsis for the dwarf. <laughs> but that all those thoughts of like fuck, the, I hate the sun, I hate the rain, I hate being outside. Those will stay there. So as soon as that old thought, that old like oh that felt really good to fight Jimmy in the hall. As soon as that goes away, they're back to being pissed. And there's no so way to it's always, They're just fucked then. There's no way to remediate. He's got are, there dwarf, are there dwarf counselors you can send them to? They they do try to make appointments with, with the mayor to like yell yell at them, talk to them, or like weep to them. Like they'll actually have appointments mm. with the mayor where they'll just go and cry in front of them. <laughs> Damn. But sometimes your mayor's really busy and never goes to his office. And sometimes the mayor will go to his office for exactly three seconds and then walk away and just be like, oh, the meeting's been canceled. And then your dwarf just gets, <laughs> the other dwarf just get mad. He sounds like a shitlord. Yeah. Hey, you yeah, know I'm, what? I'm just going to pop in here real quick just to cancel this meeting. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, he cancels the meeting and then he goes up to the tavern and then pulls out like uh pulls out some bongos and just starts playing it socially going and then like starts singing a song and meanwhile like that that carpenter is just becoming a like a broiling mess of rage. <laughs> so, so yeah, this update could save a lot of dwarves. It sounds like it. I uh I think I saw you posting some stuff do earlier about it on the the discord that we have and i think there was another one in the the patch notes about uh dwarves getting used to dead bodies as well yes that's very important because there are always more bodies <laughs> because there's always more bodies always more yep hey like some sometimes forts get attacked Sometimes you don't. Sometimes dwarves attack their fort <laughs> oh they fucking do man yeah Hey, you probably got on this. You probably got this, buddy. You know, you know, like 
just random troglodytes. You know, you got your random troglodytes in the caverns. And they'll occasionally run afoul of, like, a giant cave spider, or, like, they'll run into a miner, and the miner will cave their head in with a pick or something. Um, but, like, if you have, like, say you have your, uh, your like, your bone stockpile, if you didn't set that up properly, then now you've got, like, one of your dwarves, like, learns about, uh, like, an old skeleton in the bowels of the caverns and goes, well, time to haul that skeleton up through the entire pile. Yep, to the old bone pile. And meanwhile, he's dragging the skeleton of, a, of like, a living being past, like, everyone else in the fortress who all see it and, like, will all minorly freak out about the fact that they've seen a dead body. And that happens all the time. Oh, no. Yep, even when it's like, okay, we're going to inter... Even when dwarves are like, all right, the, oh, the metal worker has died. It's time to intern him in the crypt. They'll just carry his, like bludgeoned and bloodied body like down the steps right past like all the children and <laughs> right, it's true oh, don't and mind then... me kids just just taking it in the trash yep and then everyone will just get the negative thought of like they were shocked to see but they were shocked to see Urus da to see like and it's it's worded weirdly because it would always be like um they were shocked to see Urus die it's like like seeing the dead body means that they have witnessed their death in some bizarre way oh, so yeah they're cutting down on the sheer um, like amount of those negative thoughts. <laughs> They're really giving the dwarves a break from all the mental trauma. Exactly. My that's Lord. been the last. That's been the last couple of years. Ever since they revamped the thought system, everyone just going like, "Hey, like my 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 dwarf was wor- my I had a dwarf once who." He was legit worshiping seven different gods, and he just didn't have enough time in the day to worship all the gods. <laughs> really? And he That's... just got this like long, nagging, progressively getting worse negative thought about not being able to pray to the god of je- gems and death. And <laughs> he just like he just worked himself, and he basically just got so depressed that he started wa- like he he lost all ability to work, and he started just wandering around blindly. And, oh, like, they, they do that. Yeah, and he was done. Like he he just didn't have enough hours in the dwarf day to worship all those gods. And ridiculous. So dumb. Oh, what the hell? What an interesting game. This sounds like it is cool, man. Some might say it is the most interesting and important game in existence. Oh. That would be me who says that. If only the source code were available. Mm. Yeah, it's all like it, it's all in C plus plus. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. It, it would befuddle me to I feel like look at this code. Like well, I, it's I such an be, old code base too, right? Yeah, because it's a pair of brothers mainly who've been writing that for about I want to say sixteen years now. Oh wow, that's a lot of time to dedicate oh. to a game. Oh, and yeah. it's free. It's been free forever. So they just live off donations, like they have jobs, but all of their development and stuff is donation funded. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, awesome. Isn't that changing now though with the Steam release? Although I, I think from what I heard though, there was a pretty good reason why they did that. But they are still keeping the free version up on their site. Yeah, that is also so- fair. The Steam release and the and the free releases are going to basically have feature parity because apparently Steam demands that if you have like more than one version of the game and you don't have an exclusive deal. Um, but yeah, they um, like long story short, they they had to be badgered into even accepting donations at all for the game 
um because we're like oh it's an unfinished game we don't really want to charge people for it and people were like didn't you say that you were working on this as like your full-time job let us donate <laughs> um and then one of the brothers um had a had i believe a cancer scare um that was oh. covered by his by his health insurance because they both live in the states and the other brother went like kind of realized that if he had a similar health scare it would wipe him out um and he just he just didn't have like he didn't have a full-time job that would give him health care and didn't really have the the ability to go out and like get into a program so then he started talking with i believe it's is it uh kit fox kit fox games yes kit fox games about um kind of doing a full release of the game so the thing that they've been working together on and what the steam release is going to have versus the free game is the steam release is going to have its own specialized towel set the towel set looks mm. so good it looks stupid good it like I don't know because it is ultimately pixels, but I don't know. It's crazy. Like, yeah, like little things like that. You can now have people that are bigger than other people. Like you can have a big monster and a small cat where in, in regular tile sets, they're all one size. That's so cool. It's so good. And like they're and like the, the thing that like, like Dougie and I and anyone who's played Dwarf Fortress like lost their minds on was when they got like the ramps, like they got the oh. ramps. Oh, and, and like a ramp is it's just like earth like earth cut at an angle that you can walk on like a 45 degree angle but like the the, the tile set for the steam it release and like, so... ramps, like just top tier 45 degree angle dirt like <laughs> yeah so yeah the um the steam release is coming is coming out sometime um the tile set looks great they're they're doing so so much cool work with the ui that exists in door fortress already it it's gonna mm. be great. Like it's like I, I, I expect it's gonna bring like a ton of people to the game who oh, otherwise would never have touched it. Cause like the the interface is dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's laborious. Like uh, you basically you're you're constantly when you first get into it, you're constantly looking at the right mm -hmm. side of the screen to be able to remember like which keystrokes open which menus. It's like oh, okay. Yeah, so you're like and it's all it's all like a 2D plane with level. So you hit like shift arrow left and shift arrow right to go up and down vertical levels. And then like yeah, there we go. It's very abstract in a yeah. sense. And the so like when you're going through the menu and you want to say like hey you want your dwarves to dig like a line in the earth you need to hit like a okay, d hit d for designation d for mining and then highlight the area with with like your keyboard keystrokes uh and then like yeah it's it's very not user friendly okay yeah i see what you mean and you just have to know these like until you play you just don't know them and but once yeah. you know, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Something like that could be a real like barrier for some people. Oh, a hundred, and then like because there's a lot of game, you know, commands in this game. There's also like lowercase c, totally different than uppercase c. Uppercase c opens a whole different menu. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so if you accidentally have caps locks on. Oh, oh yeah, like B. Capital C is a thing. B C is a thing. B capital C W is a thing. Oh, it's crazy. Yep, you need, and then like you start learning them more quickly. So you're like, I need to lay down a cage trap. So uh, yeah, let's go. Let's go. B T uh, B T and then uh, J. I think. 
So PGA? you're basically so you're basically like like writing an essay when you're playing this game. It <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And yeah, and the game has got like, um, they've been working on it so long. There are so many systems in it. So there's like a system for like power generation along like power tubes. There's this whole system set up for like how different liquids interact with each other. Um, and you can basically start making some like really cool like movable engines in the game. It was one of the first games to have people go like, "Holy shit, we made like working calculators in Dwarf Fortress." Uh, like before people started doing that in like Minecraft early on. <laughs> Friggin' Minecraft. It's a classic. Minecraft is pretty good. I enjoy Dwarf it. Fortress was something that always intrigued me though. It's something I should give a try to. Especially for someone who is uh I guess you could say very dwarf inclined. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> say, that Steam release, that's that'll be the one. Yeah, I will say that is something that is definitely tempting to me. Dang. Oh, it's it's definitely looks really interesting, but it's it's something I feel like I'm definitely gonna have to do a lot of uh, a lot of reading and learning about too while I'm trying it out. Oh yeah, it's a wiki game. Oh man, oh, yeah. Co- complete wiki game, complete uh, uh, looking online and going. How does the militia work? Yeah. Oh, so you gotta like put in commitment <laughs> to play this. Game. Oh yeah, it's a it's yeah. a labor to learn the game. Oh, okay. This uh, until you got a fort set up and like you and you and you're really in there, and you know what you're doing. This is not a game you load up on your coffee break. <laughs> the key thing though, losing is fun. Yes, it's a key thing because every fortress will die, and then you just do a new one, and maybe you get slightly farther. And it's your first like twenty games. They're brutal, but they're also great. Like at first, you just starve, and then you get some farms. But then winter comes, and you 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 have farms, but nothing else, and then you die. And then eventually, you get past that, and then the goblins come, and then you get past the goblins, and it really feels like a experience every time. Yep. And like and like even even when you're been playing it for a while, sometimes you'll just get caught on stuff. Like you'll get caught. Because like early on, there's like a there's like a there's like basically a countdown timer for when threats will start showing up for your fort, like any strategy game. Um, and sometimes you'll get really lucky, and you'll get like, oh, uh, like a were tortoise has shown up, and that's lucky because where because tortoises are slow, so a were tortoise is really slow as well. No, and sometimes you'll get like incredibly <laughs> unlucky, and like a were like a like a were skink will show up, like a, you know the skinks those like tiny lizards. Oh, okay, no, yeah. No. And they're really fast. And they'll just like run right through and bite everyone. And then you have to go like, okay, everyone here might turn into another another wear skink on the next moon. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Good lord. And, you'll, and then you'll get like further and you'll go, all right, I'm going to set up a fancy trap for my dwarf fortress. There's this river that's, that's running through the area. So I, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create a trap. And I'm going to basically create this like funnel. So anytime I get attacked by goblins or elves or anyone else, I'm going to leave my front gate open and they'll right run right through that funnel. And then I'll hit a couple of levers and all these like all these bridges and floodgates will open up. And then like, I'll just flood the goblins out and they'll all drown. And then you realize that you cut a block. Yeah. You over-engineered it. Yep. Or, or like, or like your, your best dwarf got trapped outside Right, but like I don't want to say best. It's like usually your best metal worker, 
or oops when you told everyone to connect like the floodgates with the lever they didn't do the last one so you pull the lever and nothing happens Oh, and the no. goblins are running in, and you're like, <laughs> the goblins are running in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I always like, I, I'm like, you know, like Stu. I'm into the end game now, and uh, all the time though, I get cocky and I forget, and I'm like, yeah. traps. I don't need traps. Fortress dies. Oh fuck. Yep, traps, like... traps. I'll just do a militia right from the start. I forget that they take time to build up. I get ruined by goblins. And then like, and you're like, you're, you're far in the game. You're like, you're like, cool. I got the cavern layer. Okay, great. I, I, I'll focus on something else. I got the caverns. I'm good. And then the forgotten bee shows up and you're like, shit, I didn't, I didn't build a bridge. Oh, yeah. Hey, when like, it was really any strategy game or yeah, game in general, you think you're doing so good. It's like, oh, I know what I'm doing. This is, this is easy. It's a matter of time. Something goes wrong. Like a mm-hmm. fuck. <laughs> yeah. The game gives you that harsh reminder. You really don't know anything. <laughs> yep. I find honestly that exact thing is why I find like Civ and like uh, like I'm trying to play Total War Warhammer Two lately, and it is enjoyable, but it's also like a it's a you know it's a goal. It's not just natural to play it because it feels so slow. And then you're like, you know, three hours in, you're still pretty early game, but you're, you've committed some time and then you realize you made a crucial mistake and it just feels extra devastating in those type of games where it's like, I don't know, turn-based and grand strategy. It feels extra devastating to me to have it crumble in those games. No, it definitely makes sense, especially when it's like been a big time investment up front and then you realize that like after this long period of time they're like oh no i fucked this in a way that it's gonna be a real struggle if even possible to come back from and then you have to play through like this next big portion of that just knowing that like you've shot yourself in the foot and are like flailing to kind of like dig yourself back out of it and i think a lot of people and me included sometimes when you get in that situation and you play through it, that's the big reward. Like that's super rewarding, but mm-hmm. it's of innately not really a great grand strategy or strategist. I just naturally feel that it's unlikely I will be rewarded. I will probably fail because I'm not really that skilled in that area. So why try? Might as well restart. And then mm-hmm. I get in this endless loop of restarts. No, it's, that's definitely fair. It's definitely down to like how how the game hits you for whether or not like when you hit that moment of oh I oh I messed up or I misinterpreted something and I I feel like I lost hours whether or not that can that motivate can, you or not yeah but like because I like hey dwarf fortress that that motivates me when I play stuff like Rim World or like most True. of the paradox game like most of the paradox games like if I'm playing Crusader Kings and I'm like oh man, I really shouldn't have joined this war against France. Like, I, I'm i now getting hit from all sides. Like, I, I, I kind of want to see how that's going to turn out. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You play it to see what happens. Mm-hmm. For the story. Well, it's definitely understandable. I can see the, the value in that for sure. And I mean, something like Dwarf Fortress, like, so, like you said, sometimes that failure can be fun. And I mean, with how weird and kind of out there that game can be in some regards, that could definitely um, 
make that more enjoyable. And yeah, I mean, I think it definitely depends on the player too, like in terms of how they're going to feel about that. But yeah, you have to like want that experience to have it. Yeah. I'll tell you though, all, a lot of those, all those times you mess up in Dwarf Fortress, they're so memorable because you've always got the story attached to it. And like everyone who plays Dwarf Fortress, they, they, they will remember the first time that they, they went too far into the cotton candy and the clowns came out. (laughs) Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. cotton candy. Yeah, wow. man, it, it happens. The, the dwarves get too much of that that good stringy stuff, and then the clowns are are like, "All right, it's time. It's our time. Oh, we're coming up. <laughs> it's our time now." Oh, no, it is. That's it the, is. of all the things, of all the creatures and beings that could exist that you would ever want to hear that phrase from, which I think is a very <laughs> short list. Clowns are like definitely nowhere near the top of it. Just get a really sad, just get one of those like really sad, like Pagliacci style clowns, just like with the like they're partially bald and like they're all drooping. It's like it's our time now. <laughs> wow, you sound like a, a character in a Drew Langlois animation. Mm. There's very few people in the audience listening now who might get that, but. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's clowns are. I don't know. Like that's the thing because I've heard people talk about this lately, and I kind of think about it. It is kind of true. Like, is there ever really a point nowadays where you ever see a clown that isn't being treated in like the context of being creepy? Not really. I don't think there's ever a time these days when I see a clown. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah, think- but like. Yeah, I think I might not have ever seen a clown in person. Yeah, me neither. Like, I can't. I I don't have any. I'm not sure if clowns are real. <laughs> okay, okay. Clowns might be fake. Like cl- clowns might be fake. Like birds. Clowns are like, fictitious. Have you ever seen a clown? I, I mean, mean, I've seen clowns in media, but like Ron, like you think about it, right? Because like Ron McDonald used to be a thing. I'm pretty sure I saw a guy dressed up as Ronald McDonald at some point. I, I mean, dumbass kid me probably thought it was the real Ronald McDonald because <laughs> I didn't. I mean, at that point, I was still, you know, I, I didn't understand the terrors of capitalism. But, <laughs> um, you know, like Ronald McDonald's not a thing anymore. It's not like there was some like he's not like he got canceled or anything. They just clowns are spooky. <laughs> sure. I mean, he got canceled for what he and the Hamburglar were doing to Grimace. <laughs> oh no why is he called grimace that's the thing i also never understood once i like there's a certain point where you hit an age where you realize like wait the word grimace is not a pleasant expression usually it's like a, an expression of like anger or frustration why is he why was he a purple chicken mcnugget see i heard somewhere and i forget where I heard this. It was somewhere on YouTube, I think. But apparently what it was supposed to be, and this might be complete bullshit. I don't know where they got their information from, but supposedly he's supposed to embody the spirit of a milkshake. <laughs> I don't understand how other than I guess the fact that he's real thick, but... I believe that. Oh, oh buddy, buddy. Originally, Grimace was the oh, evil no. Grimace. With two pairs of arms, with which to steal milkshakes. 
after oh, so he was a milkshake thief. So he was on the Hamburglar crew. Oh, okay, yeah. After that, he was revised to be one of the good guys. And the number and his number of arms was reduced by two. Ronald McDonald removed two of his limbs. He's like, if you're on our side, stared into his him. eyes. No, get out here. Grimace, I claim your soul as my own. I lay dominion over your will, and you will serve me and my. <laughs> I can't. formed a soul no. link by eating those those extra arms of Grimace. <laughs> so you would always Good have Lord. to carry a part of Grimace within him. Uh, man, Grimace was like, lasting Dodger Stadium in 2012, dancing to Ram Jam's classic "Black Betty." Hey, <laughs> he was yeah. last seen. This is our last document. Oh, no, Grimace, Grimace watch. Where's he? Where's his last sighting? Hanging it with gritty. Where's Ram Jam at these days? Ram Jam. Now, now, mascots and inflatable mascots. I can get behind those in general. They they can be fun if they if they aren't annoying or bad. <laughs> well, I think that's going to be a pretty subjective marker, but all right. Well, what's an annoying or bad mascot? Uh, the Ottawa, the Ottawa Senators mascot, the Spartacat. Okay, Spartacat. I have no idea what Spartacat is. I'm gonna have to Google it, I guess. But Spartacat just kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> like he's basically like a like a big lion, and oh, a big lion with like with that's not what I expected when I heard that name. Yeah. Uh, Sparta cat. Why is he a um, lion? Oh, I guess because I guess they like fed gladiators to the lions in the Colosseum, which I like guess is there's a degrees of separation thing going on here with like, they're like hey, the Ottawa, Ottawa, what are we going to name our the senators? Because you know, it's Ottawa and you got the Senate, and it's like, okay, so we got the senators. Now we need um a mascot. What are, uh, the Senate? So uh, Rome? Okay, Rome. So uh, gladiators. Gladiators. So uh, animals and animals and, and the lions. They fit people to the ah. And then someone like throws off their tie in, in a boardroom and then just writes down Sparta Cat and then dunks like uh, dunks the marker into the garbage like we got it. And then we and then <laughs> the Ottawa Senators fan get a shitty mascot for years. Wow. Yeah, because I mean like the connection's there, I think, but like the through line's real fucking. You're taking some twists and turns, and it's it's a real long trip to get from point A to point B. And I don't know, the, I don't know, man. He like he's not like I don't know. I I guess in some ways I'd almost prefer something like gritty, as awful as that preacher is just because like it's it's more interesting like this is just mediocre to yeah. a point where it's just kind of uninteresting gritty's getting that's, that's into, almost like, worse muppet. yeah gritty's getting into like the muppetry like gritty gritty's getting into that slightly <laughs> slightly unreal but it's still like a physical like gritty exists like people have, like gritty can be touched he's like a muppet but like yeah like the pretty gritty looks like uh like animals cousin from fucking florida mm. Oh, I think, well, I think just like the Canadian teams in general just have odd mascot choices for their teams. Like the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, mascot is a polar bear. Really? Yeah. Really? I guess well, like I, for I, that. I've seen, the, I've seen this guy, yeah. And yet the proportions on that bear look weird. 
Carlton the Bear. Oh yeah, like he's very cartoonish. Huh. It's not like a real bear. Uh, another kind of odd one again for the Canadian. He's team. he's kind of cute, I guess, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, he is, but like the connection, I just don't really get it. Toronto Maple Leafs to a polar bear. Well, um, I guess just because it's Canadian. All right, the Northern, Oilers mascot like... is a fursona. Oh no, no, really? Like the the look the look of, it's the look of the mask that makes me think that. Oh wow! Oh god! Why? I mean, like I get it's a bobcat, and you know I can understand that, but I don't know. Just seeing this disproportionately massive like bobcat head on an otherwise human form. The other Alberta team, the the Flames, Calgary Flames, like they have a hound, a dog as their mascot, Harvey the Hound. Oh god, that thing looks weird too. What the fuck? I think he's supposed to be. I see like red pants on him, so I want to say he's like a firefighting dog, but he's not a Dalmatian, so I don't. So I could be wrong. Why has he got such a long tongue? <laughs> I mean, I get, yeah, yeah, no dog got long tongue, he drool out and lick, and you know all the good stuff that dogs do. But why is it like? I don't know. It just looks like he's got a tie hanging out of his mouth. Vaguely threatening. We got on a really weird tangent <laughs> going from Dwarf Fortress to gawking at hockey mascots, but that's Listen, that's life in Canada a, for you. <laughs> gotta take a hard stance on these bad mascots, man. Well, it's just I Canadian because like the American teams, like a lot, all of them make sense, but Canadian teams, like the Winnipeg Jets, has a moose. Why? Yeah, like I, you know what. I'm willing to bet that the uh, I I don't know, but I'm willing to bet that the Vancouver Canucks mascot. That is, is an angry Canada. looking moose. Sorry. Yeah, mascot, yeah, Vancouver Canucks mascot is just an orca guy. That oh, that's the, the one that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. At least, yeah, we have one that makes sense at least. All right, now Google's predicting that I just want to see mascots. <laughs> oh yeah, Montreal has like lumberjack gritty. Like uh, UP. Oh, oh man, I, I that's what I need. I need crazy fucking wood chopping fucking. Uh, like I say, lumberjack because uh, it's more of like he's got more of a beard and looks more human than gritty. Oh no. Oh. Um, well, that's... honestly, I prefer that over over the animals that are just there. Oh God. That's weird, though. I don't know if I like him either. Because, like, you see how he's got, like, that bit of patch of face showing out and then, like, this orange beard. But then, like, he's not wearing pants and it just looks like his beard extends down to his legs. And it's like, well, it I doesn't mean, look like some creature, like, like a Muppet character. It looks like some dude who just has, like, an obscene amount of body hair just going out without pants. Yeah, they died in shit and then partially shaved the Sasquatch. Oh, God. <laughs> the poor creature. But I That's do why his that. eyes look like that all the time. He just doesn't know what the fuck's going on. But yeah, I, I do prefer that over Sparta Cat. Well, yeah, but I mean that's that's just it, right? It's because he's he's more even though he's bad, it's it's interesting. There's something to engage with more than just yeah, okay, that's I guess that's a a lion like, puppet that yeah, some like, dude has just Sparta yeah. Cat, if you if you like if you grab the corner of, of his image and like shrunk him down to like twenty percent size, like you you would win Scar- Sparta Cat at like a bad festival. 
Like, <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, like you would win Spartacat like in That's playing fair. the game where you're filling you're filling up the balloon with the water gun. And it's like a really cheap sticker. It's not even like a good one. It's just like some really cheap paper sticker. The adhesive sucks. It probably was like made by like it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's bad. It's low quality. Um, it's it's low quality and it's low creative effort, I think, is more what bothers me about it. Like you could have done something that is so much more interesting. And I guess I like yeah, it's just that's the thing, and that's sort of like I don't know a problem with like a lot of media nowadays too, is it's just what can we do that is just kind of the easiest thing that will get us attention and get us views and clicks and stuff. And it's like, you, you could be putting so much more like artistry to it. There's so many like great creators these days and, you know, so much easier to find them with the internet. Right. So like, why not put the extra effort in and do something like cool, man on sort of a similar sort of a tangent thought. I saw this article the other day that said basically that since all of you know, the big already predetermined best music of all time is on Spotify. Example, Beatles, you know, maybe Metallica's, the Led Zeppelin's, the you name any big band ever, they're basically on Spotify, right? So the oh, argument yeah. I read was that uh, um, it makes those smaller artists that, you know, people are like, in theory, they're easy to find with the internet. It makes them incredibly difficult to find because it's so absolutely loaded with stuff you have to filter through to even get close to finding them. Well, this is what people had issue with because Spotify was actually talking about basically having a system where, like, you could basically because, like, Spotify gives like all artists like, and what what I will say, and a lot of people generally agree is a pretty like unfair cut of you know the streams that they get on the service as far as like money that they receive but what they were fielding was potentially an idea where you could as an artist basically choose to like reduce or just basically forego that cut of the money you would be getting i think it was basically taking like a pretty big decrease in what you would get but you would get like um like like your music would come up more for people basically i don't remember if that was based on like searches or if like your music was in a playlist it would have like a higher percentage of playing if they like put it on shuffle kind of thing or like like, something where it would basically give preference to your music over other people and it was kind of like a big question of like well i mean if enough people are doing that does it really change anything because you know if everybody's trying to, you know, get over each other at the same sort of thing, like it's just going to kind of even out. But at the same time, like, you know, a lot of people look at that like myself and it's like, well, that's, that's just basically payola again. Right. And that's, that's pretty scummy. Yeah. With a lot of these programs, like I got, I kind of got to the point with Google play um, back when I was using that um, where I, I at least kind of felt like whenever it was doing like your, when it was going like, oh, hey, do you want to see what we recommend you? It was giving me stuff that like was kind of in my wheelhouse and then switching over to Spotify. Like, I feel like I'm still in that training period of trying yeah. to get it to recognize that like, no, I don't just want to like, I don't want to listen to like this weird movie soundtrack. I want like, yeah. Yeah. I will say Spotify's like algorithms for that aren't that bad though. Like I find it gives me like pretty good suggestions a lot of the time. Yeah, but, it, yeah. You know, 
I don't go on the Discover uh, weekly too often. I really need to start doing that more. It can be interesting, and I definitely recommend trying to like, you know, just just even as a way just to find other things you wouldn't necessarily like look for yourself. It can be good. The only problem I have with like algorithm based things like that, I don't hate it. I think it does actually have its place sometimes as just a way to like, you know, especially when you have such a vast library of of content like you would on Spotify. Like it, it can be a way to just sort of dig things up without having to dedicate like people to have to sift through and curate things. Although, you know, human curators can be really, really effective at that too. It's you know, showing off things that other people haven't necessarily caught. But you know, it, it can be nice to have something that can kind of just help kind of uh like bring some of those things to light for people who might be into it. But yeah, like I also find too that it sucks because if there's ever something that's kind of like outside of something that you want to check out that you're not necessarily interested in a lot of things around it, but just more interested in this specific thing and checking it out. And then suddenly it's like, Oh, the algorithms picked up. You've checked this out. Now we're just going to like flood you with like recommendations based on this thing. It's like, I don't really want that though. (laughs) Yeah, at least at least yeah. with Spotify, it's like you you can you can kind of like it's stuff with Spotify, Google Play. You can kind of track that back by like specifically going back through and like going like, no, I dislike this. Like, so you can at least like try mm-hmm. to retrain it. But if you like, at some point, I feel like everyone's done this where they haven't turned off autoplay in YouTube and like have gone mm-hmm. to sleep. And then they wake up and some just wild shit is playing on their <laughs> computer. And then YouTube's like, hey, do you want to hear about uh, weird biases in the game industry? And you're like, no, I really don't. Like, can you stop yeah. giving me angry dudes yelling about women in my YouTube recommends now, please? Ugh. Yeah, like, that's why I keep autoplay off generally for, for YouTube. And I just... Like, cause like I'll, when I go to bed, like I'll put some stuff on, on Chromecast for like some YouTube stuff. And usually it's shit that I've seen before, but it's just kind of funny stuff that I like to go back and rewatch and just, you know, have on in the background when I don't necessarily, cause like if I'm watching something I haven't seen before, have it on, like I have feel more like of an intent to like watch it. But if I'm going to bed, it's just like, well, I just want to have something on that I can just kind of chill and, and watch and enjoy that. will just kind of help me chill out and, you know, not think too hard so I can actually like fall asleep and yeah, like I'll just line up some videos on a playlist and throw it on there. But like my boyfriend will leave like the autoplay on a lot and he'll end up with like some really weird shit in his recommendeds. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of lame. But I mean, YouTube's algorithm also is like <laughs> not the greatest either. YouTube's algorithm seems to be built around like Hey, let's try to let's try to highlight stuff that's gonna trick people a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. Uh, God. Well, it's just because like that's the content that does well because there's a lot of there's a lot of idiots out there, and I don't know. Like maybe that's not the the fair thing to say of it, but I don't know. It really does feel like that sometimes. They're just idiots or assholes, and go, there's also a lot of overlap. But I would go with assholes and rubes. Like, rube's a good way to put it. (laughs) Rube for like easily tricked. Boy, yeah, that can definitely be be it. Because, but turn this around and like, like talk. Yeah, I don't know. Do do a thing here. Like, I, I find that like every once in a while, I find something really, really fun on YouTube. Usually from like being on a forum and seeing someone recommend something and like 
I've, 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 I think I've mentioned it in um, the Discord that we're in um, at least once. Like, there's this run really cool, um, like, YouTube channel that's pretty much just a guy and all of his fish tanks. Um, food the flower oh, horn. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I, I, I love putting on really chill stuff like that because it's just videos that are usually between, like, five and ten minutes. And it's usually just a guy um, just feeding his feeding his fish and his shrimp in these like really really neatly constructed tanks but i, I do yeah. enjoy finding stuff like that but that's definitely cool there's a lot of really great content on youtube like i i, I will shit on youtube a lot as like youtube as a company and and as like a sort of like a business and, and kind of like the current state of how they manage it but YouTube, like as a platform, and that sort of like you know video content creator space is it's great. There's a lot of really great content. I it's like YouTube is something I spend a lot of time watching in a week, and there's a lot of great creators on there that I enjoy um, checking out a lot. And there's a lot of cool things like that. I mean, for me, like I really enjoy going and checking out, um, like in particular, like uh, like a lot of like animation stuff and like different like 2D animators and. Um, there's a lot of really great creators putting out really cool stuff. Like, and it kind of varies too. He's got someone more like Hunter Hancock, or uh, he's known on YouTube as Meat Canyon, and he'll put out these really like really wild and outrageous like animations that are just kind of like parodying a lot of different things. But like, like he'll have one that's it's literally um, like King of the Hill, but like the whole joke is it's basically eventually crosses over into like Akira. <laughs> With Hank Hill basically as like Kaneda taking down like his son Bobby, who's basically like become like Tetsuo. And uh, yeah, it's wild, stupid shit like that. But you also have like another animator like Felix Colgrave, who'll do a lot more like really trippy, just kind of out there animations that are just really fun to watch on like just a visual level of what he's able to do with animation. It's um, so she's like most recent one does some like really wild shit with perspective. It's it's really cool, but yeah, like that's the platform itself could be better, but like the people on the platform, it's it's always been a really great space. One of the uh, it's funny. One of my YouTube channels that I was into this summer uh, when I was golfing a lot. I went through a few channels I really liked. I really liked Peter Finch golf. I really liked. Uh, Rick Shields Golf, but there was this one channel, and it's uh, GM Golf, and there's a bunch of them on it, but basically they're like, I don't know, 20-year-old kids that seem pretty rich, and honestly, they're pretty snobby and off-putting at first, but they do just fun golf challenges. Like, they'll do, like, driver-only, and they're all very good golfers, so they'll do full-on driver-only and make it still in, like, four shots, or they'll go putter only and they'll make it there in like six shots. It's crazy. Or sometimes they do ridiculous stuff. Like they'll do, uh, you know, golf club sawed in half golf club covered in sandpaper golf club wrapped in, uh, what do you call them? Rubber bands, like any ridiculous challenge. They do all these fun challenges and they're great golfers. And while at first I thought they were snobby, I've come to really like their content. Hmm. They definitely give off that preppy rich kid vibe, but it's just so entertaining, these golf challenges. Oh, see, I don't know. That that personality aspect I feel like would be hard for me to get past. 
but I also like for me the value of golf is not the same as it is for you. So <laughs> that is that is fair. You you would probably dislike everything about this channel if you were not super in love with the golf. I, I'll say I don't dislike golf, but I just you know it's not something I play. I I actually have been trying to get into it. I'm oh. trash at the sport, but I I have been trying to get into it because I don't know why. For some reason, it's just it's actually fun. Oh, it's so fun, man! I'll totally golf with you this uh, whenever we're allowed. Oh, I'm down. Oh hell yeah! Hey, listen, I we're, agree. We're, so we're living under the Ford government. Golf clubs are going to open up real fast. Exactly. True. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's it's what I love about it is chasing that high. Like when you hit a good drive, you're literally on top of the world. And with a little practice, you can hit a good drive almost every drive. Like it's so attainable. I find (laughs) you got to put it to work, but it's so worth it. Yeah. Yeah, Oh yeah. I can see it there from like they're like the the physical aspect of going. Hey, like this is this is this motion that i'm going to try again and again and again and feeling your way through that like i've enjoyed doing that in other things like the couple times i've done like act throwing it's been fun to figure out like okay here's where hmm. i need to position my yeah, body what the magic is mm, yeah oh man i just learned that there's an act throwing place where we live oh, oh yeah so bad if you want to have a fun Ooh. a fun half hour just sit down with a cup of coffee or a beer and just read through the liability thing you have to sign off when you go to, go do act throwing, and you're just reading all these things about about uh, you know you you're not liable the company's not liable under the case of personal maiming, loss of limbs or eyesight, and it's just like just this huge list of all the terrible things that could happen to you in oh, act yeah. throwing. Jesus, yeah, I mean. That really is just it, though. You're throwing a big bladed fucking tool around. Well, I mean, I think most, I want to say most of us here have seen the video of like that girl who threw the act and like ricocheted back, almost got her in the fucking face. Yep. Jesus. You ever see the one where the guy is axe throwing and he throws it over the fence right into a marching band? Jesus. Oh, yeah, that's a crazy one. No one really gets hurt, but it's insane. So uh, in high school, so in high school, um, my, my my high school didn't have like a field nearby. Um, we we usually use the the field of a of a, of a nearby uh, elementary school. Except we couldn't like for you know whenever there was like we needed to do some gym stuff outside in like grade nine. Um, except that like sometimes like hey the elementary school is using their field or hey like the football team is practicing on the field or something. And so there were a couple times where like we went out for like you know grade nine gym. Um, and had to go to like one of the nearby city parks to like, you know, oh hey, we're gonna tr- we're gonna test out all of like all of the like Olympic gear. So it's like okay, we have some old shot puts and some discuses, and so like oh here's how you would do this sport, you know, like the the wasting of time that the gym coaches would put you through. Um, so on one of those, um, I, I I was doing doing well with the shot put, and then like got a discus and like the coach and the and the teacher's like okay here's how you do it you you spin a couple times you throw it and i lost my balance as i'm trying this discus thing out in a public park really and oh, i oh. foot slips on gravel and like we're in like this like little baseball diamond part of the park and i just lose my balance and just throw it off oh no. and as i catch myself before falling i see my discus go right over a baby carriage 
that's being pushed oh, by, by this shit. And I was just like, I like, like nearly lost my mind. And the teacher had to go over and she didn't know who threw that and just be like, oh, I'm just like, hey, I'm, 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 I'm so sorry. And then we very quickly got away from that field. Like, wow. I'll tell you, man. Jeez. I have a crazy one like that, too. One time when I was a kid, my brother, my younger brother and I, we had a huge backyard with like a big, huge hill on it. There was like a sand duny part of it. It was pretty wild. So we hired this guy to come cut it with like a huge, basically like a, a weed whacker type thing. You've got a chain or like a wire and it spins. But oh, this I know is, what you're talking about. Yeah, it's enormous. It's a huge wire just whipping around cutting grass. And we're here and we're looking at it probably 200 yards away. We're watching it cutting. And I, I shit you not, a piece of the, ch the chain or the wire fucking snaps off, slings right over at us, wraps right around my brother's leg. Oh, jeez. Chris, I'll run and get the parents. We go to the hospital and it was all fine. But like the odds of that, man, it like shears off or something and right over at us and gets them in the leg. Crazy. Oh, man. It's like the exact kind of fear of shit like that is like what uh, the Final Destination movies are like founded on. Exactly. Oh, I fucking hate the Final Destination movies. <laughs> Every time I, I, I get on a roller movies. coaster, I suddenly think of Final Destination 3. And I'm like, fuck, I hate this now. I, I love those movies because I I I like I kind of view them as like horror comedy. Because at a certain point, like I don't know if it's the first one where like there's the guy who like wins the lot like wins a lottery or a scratch ticket because he didn't die. And like he's got he's got like his new iMac and he's like, oh he's so proud of it. And like just the just the universe is conspiring to set up this elaborate death on him. And like every step is like a Rue Goldberg or like a Rue Goldberg machine. <laughs> like that I, I, I really like that part about those movies. And I never I I don't get freaked out by them because they kind of read like it just reads me as like, okay, what's this like weird mouse trap scenario? Yeah, uh, they're ludicrous. But again, no, some of those, some of those have some pretty brutal has some pretty brutal stuff in it. Oh yeah. I think it's just it's that idea of just like something random that like you aren't necessarily like aware of that could like in theory like it's super unlikely, but it could happen. And it's yeah. just that like the thought of being in that scenario, I guess, and like being that like that that being within that low, low percentage that actually like experiences it. And it's like, yeah, because, you know, you never really know, but, you know, can't really that, live your life uh, fearing all the time either, right? Yeah, I, I could see the horror from just, like, internalizing that while you're watching the movie. Oh, the joys of the, being an anxious per person. That's what we've got, <laughs> we got the Darwin Awards for, the people who make that shortlist. Well, Darwin Awards to me, though, is always from people making stupid decisions. Sometimes you can make, like, you know, you don't make any stupid choices, but you just get kind of like fucked over by something that like is totally reasonable to like have overlooked, kind of thing. Yeah, sometimes you get Phineas Gaged. Do you guys know about Phineas Gage? I was gonna say, I think I'm, I'm, I must have missed it. <laughs> oh, classic. I do not know Phineas. This is a a classic story from like the 
uh, I think like this happened in like the 1840, like late 1840s. It was an American guy who was working on a railroad. Um, no. And wait, maybe I've heard of this. Yeah, so he was working on a railroad, and when they were, this is back when they were, they were doing lots of like blasting of rock to like, you know, just make make one of those like long like cross country rails. Um, and so I believe that like you need to like you would initially like basically bore a hole deep in the rock, the old way of doing this. You would add like blasting powder and then kind of like set it and and blow it up, and then hopefully you'd like crack off a piece of a wall. So I think what happened is that he was like tamping that stuff down and the charge went off and he had this like long tamping iron that was a few feet long and it like went up like under like through his chin and through the top of his head. Yeah, I've heard of this. Oh, God. And just like kaboom, kaboom straight through and he ended up like getting up almost immediately and being like incredibly incredibly lucky on the one angle of somehow it blew through chunks it went through like it went through his brain and but didn't hit anything that was immediately needed and wow. he ended up with this like this like big dollar sized like hole through his skull damn and Jesus. had like had, had many had many had many a surgery um, and was kind of like a, a bit of a medical wonder at the time because, oh, hey, this guy had a rod go through his skull. But he's the guy who survived the final destination. Damn. Wow, that's fair, but I remember hearing too, though, like that didn't come without a cause because like, oh, didn't no. his personality get like fucked because of that, basically? Yeah, he, he if I, let me see, yeah, if I remember correctly, like he started showing like a lot of signs that you get with someone who has had like like pretty bad like brain trauma. Um, like especially like concussion style brain trauma with like <laughs> like like, li- like lights being in it, lights and loud noises being an issue like cra- like crowd like crowds of people or lots of things happening were kind of triggering for him and ooh. man there you go. it's if, uh... get, if you get final destination hope that you get Phineas gauged and not like the dude who bought the iMac, who then got uh, like I, I think the the fire escape ladder takes him out. I think in that movie. I got no movie memory, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've only. Seen I don't the know that I've third one. Yeah, I don't know which of them I've necessarily seen. I don't even know if I've actually even seen a full one of them. I might not have. I've definitely seen clips and stuff though at some point. Um. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't know is um, where I'm getting with that. But I think this has been a pretty good episode, boys. Yeah, I think this has been pretty been pretty good. Always nice to chat. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. Thanks for, yeah, thanks a couple cool games. Got to share our uh, our opinions about a variety of subjects. Just remember, we talked about clowns. Listeners, if you have ever met a clown in real life, you can write in. Um, you guys have a write-in portion? I mean, um, we got yeah, a Twitter. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah, tweet him. <laughs> yeah, tweet us. Tweet, tweet, up, tweet. Is it at Balcony Banter? At yes. Balcony underscore banter. Tweet it at Balcony underscore banter uh, with your proof that clowns exist. <laughs> that or tell us some Final Destination stories, I guess, that you know about. Um, 
Yeah, no, this is this has been this has been great. And uh, as always, as with each week, I'd like to give a thanks to our good buddy Zoo for the use of our intro and outro music. Uh, look him up on Spotify, on Bandcamp, on Twitter at uh, Blackbird Bell, as well as at, uh, at Atraturna as well for his other project. And I think that's going to do it for us this week, boys. Yeah, I think this has been Balcony Banter. Boys, girls, folks, this has been Balcony Banter. I've been Bigby. And I've been Bees. And we'll see y'all next week. Stay sexy, folks.